God bless you, man of God. We're so excited to have you on. God bless. God bless. Amen. Thank you, Pastor C, uh, for the introduction. Amen. God is good. God is good. And we're going to see some victory in 2021. Amen. Let's go to uh, Mark, the ninth chapter, verses 14 to 29. Amen. Amen. I honor uh, our apostle and pastor uh, and all of you, the great people of God. It's so good to see you on this morning. I'm so excited about what the Lord is going to say. And it is just important that if we're going to see victory, then we got to have faith. Amen. We got to have faith in God. We got to know who we are. We got to know who our identity is in Christ, because it's that the identity that we have in Christ that gives us the authority. Amen. Thank you for the happy birthday. Amen. Yes, I had a great birthday on Friday. Thank you for everyone who uh, posted on my wall, my timeline, uh, who sent text or called. I'm very appreciative for the messages that I received. Uh, it's, it's just great to celebrate another year, another year of victory. Amen. And, and so let's go to our scripture. Uh, it's going to start. I'm going to be reading from the uh, Christian Standard Bible. Uh, it starts like this. When they came to the disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and scribes disputing with them. And all of a sudden, when the whole crowd saw him, they were amazed and ran to greet him. Then they, he asked them, what are you arguing with them about? Out of the crowd, one man answered, teacher, I brought my son to you. He has a spirit that makes him unable to speak. Wherever it seizes him, it throws him down and he foams at the mouth, grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to drive it out, but they couldn't. He replied to them, you unbelieving generation, how long will I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring him to me. So he brought, they brought him to him. When the spirit saw him, it immediately convulsed the boy. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. And then Jesus asked, how long has this been happening to him? From childhood, the father replies, and many times it has thrown him into fire and or water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Then Jesus said to him, if you can, everything is possible to the one who believes. Immediately, the, the father of the boy cried out, I do believe, help my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was rapidly coming together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, you mute and deaf spirit, I command you come out of him and never enter him again. Then it came out shrieking and convulsing him violently. The boy became like a corpse so that many said he's dead. But Jesus, taking him by the hand, raised him up and he stood up. After he went into a house, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? And he told them this kind can come out by nothing but by prayer and fasting. Amen. And so I want to I want to talk to you from this topic. It's time to believe again. 
It's time to believe again. Amen. And, and so we just thank God for just spirit of wisdom, knowledge, and stand of might counsel, the fear of the Lord, the anointing of God, a keen discernment, and a tongue to learn that we can walk away from hearing this message empowered to actually do the works of Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And so when we think about the, the, the whole scenario, you know, so they're disputing, they're arguing with the disciples because apparently from what the father says in the next verses, apparently the disciples weren't able to relieve the boy of the demon spirit that was possessing him. And so they, they thought, okay, you walk with Jesus, you live with Jesus, you eat with Jesus, he's teaching you, you got to be able to do the stuff he does. And so the world is waiting for the manifestation or they're waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. They're waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. They're waiting for the children of God to be revealed. They're waiting for those people that claim to have relationship with God to be revealed for who they really are. And see, too many people, and, and where do we get that? That's that's from Romans. That's from Romans, the eighth chapter, verse 19. Romans, the eighth chapter, verse 19. And so when we when when the world knows that you're a Christian, right? You 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 claim to be a Christian, right? This is not because remember, I mean, especially since uh last March, this is not about going to church anymore. This is about being the church. And from 2021 on forward, it's not about you being a part of just a local body, but it's about you being the body of Christ. It's about you actually being able to manifest the authority and the dominion and, and, your, and, and the name of Jesus. I like what Kenneth Hagin said. Kenneth Hagin said, we receive the authority when we are born again. As we are made new creatures in Christ Jesus, we inherit the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and we call, we can use it in prayer against the enemy. Amen. And so we inherited that name, Jesus. So we're, we're saying the name Jesus and, and with that name, we get the authority that comes with that name. We are, we are his disciples. We are his followers. Amen. I mean, it's time that, see, that, that's what this message is really about. I want you to be so empowered that you are walking. You are the church walking, breathing, living in the 21st century with signs following where you're not limited to, your activity is not limited to a, a, a physical structure, a building, because there is a structure, you are a structure not made with hands. Mm -mm. No, no, the, the, the body, the temple of where the Lord lives is inside of you. The presence of God is inside of you. And so everywhere you go, God is there because God's inside of you. And so the world needs to see a, a, a body. They need to see the body of Christ actually with some real activity with some real results. 
And this can't be something where you're you're wondering, do I have the stuff? If you are a believer, if you're saved, and if you're, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, then you have the stuff. Now go do the stuff. John Wimber, I loved it. He said he had a, a such, do the stuff. That was his saying, do the stuff. You know, we can study all we want. But if all your studying never results in action, then all you got is mere head knowledge. And we got to take this thing beyond head knowledge to actual manifestation, to reality. You know, we were never made to just be bookworms. But we must be people of action. We must be people of action. The world needs to see a church that's not afraid to act at the supermarket. That's not afraid to act at the park. That's not afraid to act in, in, in the office. That's not afraid to act in the mall. I mean, you know when God is, is, in, is leading you. You know when God is leading you, you just resist. You just resist. And so it's time for you to stop resisting and move with the Holy Spirit. See, when 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 Jesus talked about when Jesus talked about that those that believe will do greater things they won't only do what he did what we read recorded but they'll do greater things not in the quality of it but in the quantity of we will do more because there'll be more of us and so that's what we have to do. We have to actually get into the place to where we are, we're not satisfied with powerlessness. And see, it's not manifest only in screaming and dancing and all that stuff. No, it's not manifest. It's manifest when you actually lay hands on a sick and you see him recover. When you go and you start raising the dead, when you go and start healing people of various kinds of diseases when you manifest the gifts of the Holy Spirit. See, we have to, we have to stop being satisfied with just enough. It's enough for me to know that I'm in relationship with God. It's enough for me to know that when I die, I'm going to heaven. It's enough for me. But what about those people out there that are that are in peril, that are dying, in distress? See, these scriptures are not, they're not uh, figurative manners of speech. They're not metaphors. They're, they're examples for our action. See, we gotta stop thinking that the Bible is just a collection of stories, literary. It's not a it's just not just a literary work. It's an instruction manual to show us as believers how we're to conduct ourselves to bring fame back to his name. We have to make him famous again. I see sometimes on Facebook, I see sometimes people show if somebody did something bad, uh, somebody will, will post a picture on a, on a post and say, make him famous because they, they did something bad. Make him famous. And so they want you to share all around, all around. Well, Jesus didn't do nothing bad. He did all good. And so I want you to make him famous. Share him everywhere you go. 
Don't be ashamed to share him. Your neighborhoods will change when you begin to share him. And not just share him in word, but share him in deed. And so, and in Mark 9, 17 to 18, it says, a man in the crowd answered, teacher, I brought my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes at his teeth, becomes rigid. I asked your disciples, I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. There are too many believers or too many Christians. I'm going to say Christians because, see, if you ain't doing stuff and seeing results, you ain't believing. So too many Christians are, are not able to drive out demonic spirits. Demons are not just, uh, uh, they're not just mental things. They're not, they're not things in your mind. People, people use it so loosely where they say, you know, you, you need to exercise your demons. One, you don't have demons. Your demons have you. You don't have them. The demons have you. They're not your demons. And so you need to stop taking ownership of such evil because that word demon mean uh dispossessed or uh, spirit disembodied spirits malignant disembodied spirits that serve the devil and so you don't have you you don't own demons so demons are are disem they're disembodied spirits that possess a host that possess a host and manifest themselves through that host. I know people don't like talking about that, that, oh no, no, you getting all spirit spooky now. No, we're in spiritual warfare. Just in case you haven't realized it or not, wake up and smell, smell the coffee. If you drink coffee, smell the coffee. You know, we are in spiritual warfare. And pe too many people are so, they're so uh, uh, dismissive because they don't have power to drive it out. And so because they don't have power, then they make an excuse that says that there's no such thing as the devil. There, no, spiritual warfare is, there's no such thing as spiritual warfare. No, there's spiritual warfare the thing is that we're we're fighting against or spiritual our spiritual warfare is against a defeated foe but he needs you to remind him that he is defeated that's your place that's that's how your power is demonstrated when reminding him that he is already lost See, when the disciples, see, they didn't, there was no finished work of Christ in the time of the disciples. When they were, when they were following uh, in, in that time, there was, there was no finished work of Christ. Not yet, because he hadn't died yet. He hadn't rose yet. So there was no finished work yet. And so they, they, see, they were, they were observers of Jesus, you know, but they were, they were students of Jesus. But, but Jesus, but see, here's the whole thing. 
they weren't yet in they the Jesus wasn't in them yet. Mm. They they didn't know who they were in Christ yet. They knew who they were with Christ, which is why they thought, you know, well, um, if I could get results, well, uh, if Jesus were here, I would get some results. But but wait, 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 wait. But we we do read in, in Matthew 10 and Luke 10 how Jesus deputized his disciples. He sent them out, he sent them out with power. He didn't send them out unprepared. He sent them out with power, authority, and told them what they could do. They saw some results. But then we come to a part where all of a sudden they forget. They forget about all the things they've experienced. They forget about all the things they've been taught. They forget that they're not just good with Jesus, but they're good because of Jesus. They're good. They could have cast out that spirit. That's why in the, in the next verse, he says, you unbelieving. He was talking to the disciples. He wasn't talking to the people. He was talking to the disciples because the disciples were the ones who ought to know better. Verse 19, he says, you unbelieving generation, how long will I be with you? How long must I put up to with you? How, how long must I put up with your, your, your constant waffling? I believe today, I don't believe tomorrow. How much, how long must I put up with this? Haven't you learned anything? We don't learn, we don't know chronologically how long the disciples have been walking with Jesus, but we do know that they should have learned something by now. We do know that they should have been able to cast out that spirit out of that boy by now. And so, but here's what we do today. What we do today is if we try to pray for somebody uh, to cast out a spirit and, and, and that person, they, they, we, we try to make an excuse and create a doctrine around that to, to protect our, our inadequacies or our failure. That's, that's where a lot of this powerless doctrine has got. That's why, uh, for the most part, a lot of a lot of teachers and preachers are focusing more on self-improvement than discipleship. True discipleship, because true discipleship is more than morality. It's power. It's authority. And, and so, but they focus on, they focus on self-improvement, you know, motivational speaking, behavior modification. You know, they, they focus on stuff like that. They don't focus on empowerment. They don't focus on trying to help you to understand who you are in Christ or what you can do in Christ now that you have his name and his, his authority as your inheritance. They don't teach you how to, how to use that because they haven't seen it for themselves. But see, you have to understand that there's more that there is more for you than just morality. There's more for you than, than just ethical decisions. There's more for you. 
You're you're supposed the world will never see the, the the that greater glory if we don't start promoting the idea and promoting the fact that the Bible teaches us that we're much more than what TV has said you are. We're, we're much more. We're much more than, than political sides. We're much more. We're much more than that. We're much more than, than economic standing. We're much more than that. You got to believe it before you see it. See, the world teaches us that seeing is believing. But see, God teaches us that you got to believe it before you see it. Whoa. Wait. I got to believe it. I got to believe it before I see it. I have to I have to get to the point to where I'm not waiting for the manifestation to cause me to believe that God is real. I believe that God is real, which is why I see results. <laughs> Mark 11. Come on now. Mark 11. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. The Amplified says wholeheartedly. Have faith in God. Well, I mean, I love that. I love Mark 11. Mark 11, 22 uh, 20 to 24 is, is one of my favorite scriptures. And we need to get back to that point again where we start understanding. And Mark 11, 22. Now, this is right after the, the whole uh, fig tree incident where he cursed the fig tree. Then when they on the way back, they see that fig tree that he cursed shriveled up. And they're like, well, how did you do that? They still took, no, come on now. I mean, in, in Mark 11, 22, it says, have, Jesus replied to them, have faith in God. I assure you, if anyone says to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart and does not doubt in his heart but believes that what he says will happen it will be done for him therefore i tell you all the things that you pray and ask for believe that you have received them and you will have them and you will have them. Believe that you received and you will have them. Didn't say you will have them, then you believe and you receive. No, he said, believe that you receive and you will have them. And we need to see what has happened in, in the last few decades is that the church has moved from a place of faith where they believe and then they see to where now they're living more outward, you know, they're living more outward to the point to where they got to see stuff. And then all of a sudden, I believe in God. No, no, that's for the world. That place, that position is for the world. No, our position is a position of faith where we have faith in God, where we believe that we receive. When we pray and we ask, we believe that we receive and then we get it. 
That's what the scripture says. I'm not making this up. I'm not making this up. It's, in, it's right in the scripture. And so we have to teach. We have to get to the point to where we now live from the inside out. We live from the inside out. Your identity is in your spirit. The authority is within your spirit. But you have to believe in who Jesus is and release, 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 release your faith. Release your faith so that you can see results. And so the disciples, they they apparently, uh, they were still living from the outside in. They were still living from the outside in where, where they had to see it first. Where as long as Jesus was with them, they good. They, they think, oh man, Jesus with me, we can do it. But we have to, but but see, we can't do that because when we when we when we think that when we think that our or when we think that in order for us to really have confidence in God, really be convinced, you know, of who God is, who Jesus is, you know, when we when we think that in order to to think to believe and be convinced of it. We gotta see something like 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 we gotta I gotta see this this mug floating across the room. Uh-uh. I don't need to see nothing like that. I don't need to see nothing like that in order for me to believe. So let, let me let me I, I believe I believe first, and then I see. And so when we look at uh, at this lesson further on, when the church fails to effectively address the world's problems, it leaves them hungry for a display of God's power. Imagine going into a restaurant. You smell the food. You smell the food cooking. The aromas are hitting your nose, and you're getting you, and you haven't eaten all day, and you're you're hungry. And imagine. You place your order and you still smell the food. You place your order and then the waiter comes out and says, sorry, we ran all out of that. How would you feel? You're hungry, but you're angry too. And that's the position of the world right now. The world has, they've, they've smelt the food cooking. You know, it looks like we have something to offer. But when they come to us, we're fresh out. I know you smell it. I know you smell it. I know you I know you see glory all over me. You don't know how to you don't know what to call it. That's what they say. You know, there's something special about you. I don't I, but I don't know what 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 it is. They see glory, but but then when they come to you for answers, and but they don't get them, 
They come to you to see displays of God's power, but they don't get them. They're still hungry and angry. That's that's what they 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 they're hungry and they're angry. I know there's a slang term, hangry. They hangry. They hangry for God. And so it's time that we have something to offer. And so here's here's something we need to identify, we need to understand too. So you you notice how when the boy was being brought to Jesus, it says what? It didn't say the boy saw him. It says the spirit saw him. So, and then what did the spirit do? The spirit then starts convulsing, start convulsing the boy, throwing him about. Demonic manifestations, listen to this. Demonic manifestations are only distractions meant to shake and intimidate you. Demonic manifestations, listen to me, listen to me very clearly. Demonic manifestations are only distractions meant to intimidate you and shake your faith. Demonic manifestations, I'm going to say it one more time. Demonic manifestations are only distractions meant to intimidate you and shake your faith. Why? Because, see, the devil thinks that if he shakes somebody enough, if he makes them violent enough, then we'll stop believing and say, you know what? I'm gonna call, I'm gonna call the professionals. I'm gonna call the, the, the EMS or the ambulance. I'm gonna call, I'm gonna call the police. I'm gonna call this person. You are the first responder. I told you that before. You are the first responder. And first responders have to have nerves of steel. Here's what wait, here's what God told Ezekiel. Set your face like flint. You can't you can't be wishy-washy with this. Nah, this ain't the time for this ain't the time to flake out. This is not the time to flake out. And so moving right along, Jesus thing cast out the spirit. Jesus was unshaken. He was, he was unmoved by the manifestation. Come on, really? You know you done. You know? And so as believers, what we need to understand is that our faith, because remember, so the, the father says to, the, to Jesus, he says, if you can do anything, because see, I've seen religious people already and they can't do nothing. I, I've seen churchgoers already. They can't do nothing. He says, okay, if you can do anything, he says, have compassion on us. Remember we talked about compassion once? That that's that that's that gut feeling, you know, that drives you to fill needs, you know? And so that, that's what it means. Belly is in the belly, compassion. That's what it means. Pity in the belly. And so it says, if you can do anything, have compassion on us, help us. That's what the world is saying. Have compassion. 
the church needs to get back to a place of having compassion. Because until you have compassion, you won't lift a finger to help. And so then Jesus said to him, if you can, what do you mean if I can? Everything is possible. Whoa, what did he say? Everything is possible to the one who believes. Everything is possible. Everything is possible. Everything is possible to the one who believes. And then the father says, I do believe, help my unbelief. Jesus saw that the crowd was coming together. Jesus is not about attracting crowds. He, he's, he's, not, he's not about attracting crowds. Come on now. Jesus, Jesus loved to do stuff before the crowd gathered together. He, he saw the crowd coming, and before the crowd started gathering together, he said, all right, let's do this. Get out of him, you mutant deaf spirit, and never enter him again. Never enter him again. And so it, then it came out. Then it came out, shrieking and convulsing violently. The boy became like a corpse, so that many said he's dead. But Jesus said, to, said, taking him by the hand, raised him up and stood him up. The devil always tries one last play. He tries one last play. I remember once uh, we were in a service and, and somebody, uh, same thing happened uh, where uh, they, they had a manifestation and it, it, literally they tur started turning pale, you know, and the man, of, the man of God, the apostle was uh, one of the uh, ministers that were praying at the time. And uh, apostle and, and, and the other pastors uh, actually just, they didn't let that deter them. They didn't say, okay, let's take them to the hospital. No, they continued to, to pray and to, to actually use their authority. And the person came back to life. I've seen it with my own eyes. He did exactly like you see it described here in the scripture, where the person became rigid like a corpse. They turned pale. I saw it myself. And then they came back. The devil always tries one last play. Even as far as manifestations go. I mean, I've seen some crazy things. I've seen, I've seen where, you know, we like Apostle uh, Tauber and, and Dr. Mamie and, and myself, we were at a church, one particular church once, and we were praying. And, and so the person uh, started manifesting, you know, cigarette convulsing and all that and, and speaking out. And we didn't listen to that. We didn't, we don't, uh, see, I've been taught not to listen to demons, not to care about what they saying. They got to go. That's, that's pretty much, they just got to go. Okay. And, and, the, and then here's the thing, here's the thing. I never, now up until that point, I had never seen this before, but I saw it that day where we're praying, the person's convulsing and shaking. And then not kidding you, the person starts to raise off the ground several inches. I sat on their legs to put them back down in the name of Jesus. And they boom, fell right back on the ground. 
and then we proceed to to labor and and they, and a demon came out. I mean, but that was to distract us. All these theatrics that will try to just to distract us, shake, intimidate us. Because I don't, I don't know. I don't, at, at least to my knowledge, I don't know if Apostle or uh, Apostle Talbert or Doctor Mamie had seen uh, levitation up until that point. But you know, we saw it that day, and that was one of those things that other people probably like. Uh, I'm out of here, you know. But we we weren't shaken because we know who we are. And so, lastly, your faith can impact everyone and everything in your sphere of influence. You need to always remember that. Your faith can impact everyone and everything in your sphere of influence. And then it's time that, it's time that you take your faith out of the box and see what it really can do. It's time that you take your faith out of the box. So everything that you thought, and that's why I say it's great that we read the word of God and we study the word of God. Because when the word of God, it's time to put the word of God in practice. When there's demand on that word, then everything that you, everything that you thought that your traditions, you know, or maybe your denomination that taught you, the Bible will literally cause you to be out of the box and really open up your faith. See what it really can do. And you'll be, you'll be so amazed. And so the, the last verse, the last two verses says, and when he had entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could not, why could we not cast it out? And he said, this kind cannot be driven out by, but by anything, but by prayer. And then in the King James or other translations say, and fasting. And so we got to get back to the place to where we cultivate lives of prayer, lives of prayer, a life of prayer. Like we got to have a life of prayer. We got to, we got to be uh, we got to be led to fast other than January, the first week of January, first couple of weeks of January. We got to be led to fast. We got to cultivate our spiritual life. Fasting, like nowadays, you know, when it comes to that, and I, trust me, I understand, you know, everybody, there's many types of fasting, but, you know, I mean, when I was growing up, you know, when we, when my grandfather, uh, Dr., the late Dr. Willie C. Talbert Sr., but my grandfather would call a fast. It wasn't no Daniel fast. I'll just tell you that. It wasn't no Daniel fast. It was an absolute fast. You know, and it would be, you know, from six to six, but it was an absolute fast. You know, nowadays, you know, we got our Daniel fast, our juice fast, and all this stuff. I mean, this generation got it easy with fasting. I mean, I remember being little, and I'd be like, Mommy, can we eat yet? No, we got to wait until six. We got to pray out. You know, I mean, but but that's something that I learned when I was young to where even when I was a teenager, you know, I remember going on 40 day fast, you know, being led by the Lord leading me by myself, not my, me, mommy and daddy. No, it was me by myself going on. It was me by myself going on an absolute fast for 40 days. From six to six, not 40 days straight. I'm not Jesus. 40 days straight from six to six, you know. And I did this, you know, that's, that's what I felt the Lord. And I was, I was a child, but I felt the Lord lead me to do that. And that's, that's what I learned. But this generation doesn't know anything about that. 
They don't know anything about fast. They don't really know anything about. It. We made it hip to fast now. You know, we got our little fast manuals, and we got your guidelines where you can drink juice this day. You can you can do this this day, and then you can have a full meal. You know, like like it's uh, what is that? It's, uh, Nutrisystem. You know, you can shake for for breakfast, another for lunch, and a sensible dinner. I mean, that's where that's what we've gotten back to. We got into this point of where we doing Nutrisystem. We doing hip fast. You know. But we gotta, we gotta really, and I'm not saying there's any. If that's what you do, that's what you do. But I'm saying that we gotta go deeper. We gotta go deeper. We gotta, there's, there's more. But you gotta make room. You gotta make room. You gotta make room in here for more. You know, just like naturally, you wanna, you, you diet or you diet so that you can fit into pants that you haven't fit in in a while. You know, or dress that you hadn't fit in a while. Spiritually speaking, we pray and fast so that we can make room for more of God in here. All right. And so a person that is committed to a life of prayer will make room for the power of God to operate through them. A person that is committed to a life of prayer will make room for the power of God to operate through them. And, and George Mueller, I'm going to end with this. George Mueller says this. He says, no one ought to expect to see much good resulting from his labors in word and doctrine if he is not much given to prayer and meditation. And so I challenge you, it's time to believe again. It's time to believe again. It's time for you to, to, to make Jesus famous, to represent him to the world. And so, Lord God, we just thank you right now that the, everyone listening to me or those that will listen by replay will be empowered to dig into your word, cultivate life of prayer, and be led to fast outside of the acts four times by their local fellowship or local body. We think that everyone is cultivating a life with you. They're cultivating that relationship with you. And, and Lord God, we thank you that, that they are people of power. They're people who know their identity rests in Christ and that they're ready to do the stuff. We're no longer going to be satisfied for powerlessness. We're no longer going to make excuses or, or create doctrines around powerlessness. But Lord, we're going to press in and we're going to go deeper in you. We're all in in 2021. And so let our commitment show. Let us wear our commitment on the outside. But that true commitment comes from the inside. And God, we we thank you that our faith is 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 being strengthened. Our faith is going to new new levels and dimensions where we believe before we see it. And everything is possible to the one who believes. And so we thank you and we praise you for the authority that we have over the devil and his demons in the in 2021 and beyond. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 We thank God for that powerful word.